Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. Seattle Supercross wrap-up. Very exciting race. Very exciting developments on and off the track. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, with you as usual. Also, as usual, my two buddies, my two friends, Jason Wygant. Yeah. And David Pingree. As usual, as usual. Yes. Uh, thanks, guys, for... Uh, and someone's uh, got the and wind. And a wind tunnel. Someone's wow. In, someone's in a wind tunnel. Wow, I'm going to just close this door. I open the front door for one second, and here we go. Wow. Sorry if, about that. Go ahead. If you see a chick with red slippers, let us know. If you see a chick with red slippers, let us know. Her name would be Dorothy. Dorothy. All right. Dorothy? Pretty much at that level. All right. Let's go. Seattle Supercross. Um, I guess, first of all, before we get to some of the other stuff, uh, is everybody happy with Andrew Short winning? I think so, right? We're all, we're all good with that, Ping? Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good to see uh, a guy break through for his first win like that. That's uh, that's pretty cool. And, and he got it the old-fashioned way, hole-shotting and taking off from everybody a la Jeremy McGrath. Well, I guess he had a little battle with Roxon, but, you know, he, he did pretty well. Uh, Wygant, it was pretty uh, – everyone was pretty happy in the, in the pits in Seattle, huh? Yeah, um, once it was, um, you know, maybe four laps to go and it was pretty sure that he was going to get it, then people were just pumped. I mean, at first people were just – uh, you're rooting for a race, and I know this is ridiculous. I'm talking about the press box, but first of all, the press box is about 75% non-press. Uh, the VIP box, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest of it is actual press people, and of course you want to see some excitement in a great race. So uh, he and Roxham were going at it pretty good, and you're like, well, somebody's going to get a first win out of this group once Dungey went down. So you're just rooting for a good race. But then once it was pretty assured that it was going to be shorty, uh, then I think everyone was like, okay, we don't want to see any more racing. We want to see Shorty bring this one home and yeah. get it done. Yeah, yeah, it was, it it was, was awesome. It was, it was good to see, no doubt about it. And uh, it, The press box cheered, which I don't think – I don't know if I've ever really seen that happen before. I believe when uh, Sipes won in Indy last year, the press box clapped for him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And Sipes won I think again that's about it. this weekend too. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, yeah, good to see with, with everything that's going on with that team too. Um, they're in a sprinter van and um, – you know, just just one of those deals. They've pitted with Honda, but things have been uh, uh, in flux there for a while. And and to pull through, pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Yeah. So did they lose the semi? They have is that belong to get the Supercross.com guy or, no. or what's the deal there? No, they'll be back. Uh, they're announcing a title sponsor probably this week, um, sometime this week, and then they'll be back uh, with their truck uh, for it's a two year deal. So I think maybe the rest of this year and then ne- all the next year. With the title, with the new title, we we can't announce who that is yet. Uh, I think they'd rather not have it out. All there. right, 
you know who it is, Ping? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. So, um, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just call those guys in the first place. Yeah, really, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, what was the deal? Why have this four-month charade? Yeah. When people see who it is, I think they'll be like, uh, duh. Right, exactly. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, and, and Ken Roxon. Wow. Ken Roxon, just on it. Um, great job for him. And I've been telling you guys about the 350 and its capabilities for a long time now, and no mm-hmm. one's believed me. So, Suck it, Ping. Suck it, Ping. Well, you know, when I was gliding down the slopes of Austria, I was thinking to myself <laughs> – <laughs> These KTM guys have got it figured out. <laughs> On your orange skis. <laughs> uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was cool for Ken. I, I mean, even if he would have won, I'd have been pumped for him. But right. know, obviously, Short's been trying for so long. It's great to see him get it. But second's an awesome job for Ken Ross. And um, yeah. in your first year of trying big bike stuff, to come out and be on the box, that's pretty big. Well, he rode two races last year. On the big bike. On the 350, he did, didn't he? Yeah, Daytona and somewhere else. He got 7th and 8th. Thank Houston. Maybe Houston, yeah. 7th yeah. and 8th last year in two races, and then he went away. So he's done pretty good in all three of his auditions on a 350. Um, but I will say this. When when he got by Shorty after the finish, had he been on a 450, maybe he would have made that pass. Shorty motored by him. See you later. Just saying. Just saying. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I, I, just saying. But now, he, next year, let's say next year he does the same thing where he rides west and then he does a couple of East Coast 450 rounds. Yeah. Does he ride the Dungey bike? No, I think he rides the 350. I think uh, in talking to you know I did that Racer X feature story a little while back on KTM's Rise and talked to Pit Buyer, the head guy, for a while. I talked to Roger for a while. Both of those guys said you know the 350 hasn't worked. I give them credit for saying that. They, it hasn't worked. We believe it will work if a rider comes from a 250, though. They both said that. So maybe that's the plan. You know, um, both of these Musquin, Roxon guys, they've not ridden the 450 very much, if at all. And so they believe that a 250F rider mentality will work with a 350. And maybe they're right. Mus- Musquin did pretty well on it. I mean, David Villeman thought he could have done a lot better, but I was thinking to myself, oh, he did pretty well. So... Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe you need to have that mentality of uh, revving it and uh, you know being a little more aggressive and a little more hyper, let's say, while you ride it, as opposed to the guys who get on three fifty, who's on four fifty, they get maybe a little lazier. So, I know it's uh, I know it's apples to oranges in many ways, but uh, <clears throat> their their uh, their factory team in GNCC, the plan last year was to have all three guys on the three fifty, and two of the guys had ridden four fifties before and didn't like it. Um, so they said no, but the other guy was moving up from the 250s, and he stuck with it all year, did well. And then even this year when he had the choice again, said, I'm sticking with the 350. I prefer it over the 450. So basically, again, two guys who had ridden a 450 before didn't like it. Mm-hmm. The other guy who had only ridden the 250 liked it more. And that guy's Caleb Russell, who's won three uh, of the four races this year on the 350 against 450s. Different uh, scenario for yeah, sure. Yeah. But the guy that came off the 250 liked the 350 better. That's actually been the case there. Right. And well, you know, their logic is right. You know, I mean, a, a guy who rides a 450, you get, not that you get lazy, but you rely on that power. You don't, um, if you ride it like you rode a 250, you will crash hard. So you have to back off and be a little smoother and just let the let the power sort of uh, do the work. 
And once you get used to that, then to try to go back to a 350 where you do have to be a little more aggressive like you are on a 250, I think it's hard for those guys to get back into that mode. So, And, and we know that you did some starts with with, with Chris <laughs> Kiefer and Tyler, oh, and Tyler Keefe. And whoever, whatever Keith you want, and you know whatever you want. To talk. Bryce Valley and Bill Keith. So Bill Keith, me and Bill Keith did start back right. in '82. <laughs> Bill had KTM. Bill had those square glasses and that, that huge afro <laughs> that we've seen him with in, in motocross action. <laughs> um, and we know that they were equal. So there we go. Yeah, there you go. But actually, so that's why Shorty did not motor by him when he tried to make the pass. This has already been tested and proven wrong. Well, what about, yeah. hey, what about if you're short and you're like, I mean, listen, Andrew is one of the nicest guys out there and he's very politically correct, but I'll tell you, I mean, I believe that he did not like that bike. He did not believe in that bike and it didn't work for him, obviously. How about him? And he's like, oh God, this 350, this I can't let this thing beat me. There's just no way. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. You know, I mean, that would be like taking a guy's chance at a first ever Supercross win on the bike that you hate. Maybe hate's a strong word. On the bike that, that you were convinced could not yes. ever win a Supercross. Yes, yes. You, right. you, you looked at management and said, that thing cannot win. And, and then now it motors away from you in Seattle one night. Like, that, that might just be it. for Like, that would have been it for Shorty. Perhaps he would just would have rode off one of those piers out there. So. <laughs> Thought but, of the reverse scenario. Yeah, he would have pulled the one. pistol out of his wife's running belt and shot himself. That would have happened. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we did see another KTM guy, Ryan Dungey, come back this weekend and in talking to a lot of people in the pits and, and even myself, a lot of people had him slotted in for second behind Ryan Villapoto, who we'll get to in a second. But a lot of people just had him slotted in second. But you know what, Wygant? Um, he wasn't really coming up. He was in fifth behind Brayton and not really uh, moving forward that quick. I mean, you know, he took a lot. He's, what, been eight races or something, seven races off. So, I mean, he's still Ryan Dungey. But did that surprise you or did you – did you did you have him in for a second or what? Yeah, um, in practice there weren't any real um, flashes of brilliance either, and I know that's not that's not Dungey's specialty, uh, you know, doing outrageous, mind blowing stuff. But when you look at the times, he's usually ahead of that second pack. It's not like Dungey qualifies seventh every weekend and then wins the race. You know, he's maybe not the fastest, but he's in that Villapoto, Reed, Stewart, um, or Kennard if he's their group. So he wasn't there this time around. He was, I think. I think he would have been actually second in the first practice, but he got penalized. But the next practice, he didn't get penalized, and he just got seventh fastest. So that kind of indicated, okay, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But then in the heat race, he beat Weimer by eight seconds in an eight-lap heat race. Um, mm-hmm. So in the main, when things were – he was not too far back in fifth. What was it, maybe ten laps in? And I said, you know what, Dungey's just going to win this. Uh, so I was surprised that it didn't work out. Like I really thought after that heat race and where he was in the main event that it was just going to eventually all fall into his lap. Right, right. Um, but he did tip uh, over, dirty, the dirty, dirty Justin Brayton. Right. You oh. know that's true. He, who knows? Right. If he had made that pass on Brayton for fourth, because um, the one thing I was banking on. Remember the Pontiac Supercross in '02, uh, where Carmichael crashed at the beginning, where and Tim, then where Timmy Ferry was leading. Have, where, where Timmy Ferry was leading with three laps to go. Yep. And what happened to Ferry? Uh, he crashed. Yes. And before Ferry was leading, Ezra Lusk was leading, and what happened to Lusk? He crashed. Crashed. I think that night, all those guys were so freaked out that, oh, man, I'm in the lead. I could actually win a Supercross. That it made them go haywire. So I was wondering if that was going to happen if Dungey was close. But then Dungey was out, so then it was no reason for the guys to worry about it. But if he were closer, I wonder if that would have happened. Yeah, it would have been interesting for sure. I mean, but when Dungey went down, 
like you said, well, again, Short, Rocks, and Weimer Brayton, one of them was going to win their first race. So that made it exciting. And for, yeah, yeah. for as much as I trashed New Orleans for being one of the more uh, duller, dull? More dull supercrosses? Um, I don't think duller is a word. Uh, one of the more dull supercrosses I've, I've seen in recent history. Isn't that an airport, Jason? What? That's oh, dullest. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Um, it was good. Seattle was exciting. First time winners are always exciting, and and you know you had four guys going at it. So, <laughs> I mean, even even at the end, Weimer and Brayton were right there, um, which I don't know what happened because Roxon and Shorty seemed to slow at the same time because the gap never changed too much, and then all of a sudden Brayton and Weimer were on it, and Brayton had said that about four laps to go, he said, "Okay, I got I got to pick it up here," and um, Weimer said that he said, "Yeah, Brayton was really picking it up," so I, I said, "I got to go too," so. Um, it was an exciting race. It was it was a really really um, exciting race. Ping, you should have been there. <laughs> well, I wasn't excited about the race really at all going in. You thought, well, this is going to be a an RV cakewalk, and uh, yeah, it turned out to be a race I wish I was at. What about RV Ping? You tweeted yesterday that you uh, you hear from people that he's uh, he's uh, done. I did. I, I did. I did. I talked to somebody who would know um, for sure. So it was a very, very good source. And uh, I know they, for whatever little bizarre little tactical reasons, they don't want to announce it, but <clears throat> his knee is injured badly. And um, and he's, yeah, he'll be out this summer is what I hear. So wow. it's a bummer for him. And in the fall, I watched it over and over. I just seems so like so slow and silly but you know and people there's a lot of people going hey you had knee braces on how do you hurt your knee what's the point of wearing knee braces if you still hurt your knees but the way he fell you know his foot kind of planted and then as the bike fell his body pivoted and there's no knee brace that can prevent your knee from rotating you know they prevent hyperextension and then lateral movement side to side but when your foot twists and your leg stays straight you know, something has to give, and it's usually ligaments in your knee. So mm-hmm. he had a he had an MRI yesterday. I don't know when he and Kawasaki will release all the results and findings, but um, um, this this summer, yeah. So you're saying maybe out for the summer, or what you hear? That's the word. That's what I'm hearing. Throws the outdoors wide open. Well, if that is the case, yeah, yeah, that, that makes. That makes the outdoor season, I, I, I don't know, really interesting or. Or does Dungey kill them again by. by or, you know, or, or, yeah, or, or is it less interesting because Ryan and Reed aren't there? I, I don't know. Um, you know who else is in there, Ping? Ah. Uh, ben Townley. I know. I know. Uh, why again? Hey, I want to ask, uh, Ping, I want to ask you something about the, the ACL yeah. real quick yeah. first before you ask me. Here, um, it was weird at the track. Uh, Reed Nordin was there. He's the Kawasaki boss man nowadays. No, it's not a problem. Just a little stinger in his leg. I've, I personally have never heard of the term stinger in your leg, but that was a spinal thing. But he's like, if it were, he goes, look at it this way. If it were a problem, we'd all be huddled over at the Asterisk truck. We're not because it's not a problem. And I'm like, all right, so his leg is good. He's like, yep. So there's potential here, as always, that these guys are, they know it's a problem and they're trying to hide it. There's always that. But second, um, with ACLs, is it always an injury where it's like snapping your femur and you're just in unbelievable pain screaming, or is it a type of injury that could not seem so bad at first and then when you finally 
swelling goes down, you get stiff and all that, and you realize, uh-oh, how does that work? Well, first of all, the, the, the show they all put on is just posturing in case, in case it wasn't a bad injury. They don't want to show weakness to their competitors. Like, let's say he did just tweak it. Nothing was really torn out or, or anything. It's just sort of, you know, he strained it or something. And he could miss Salt Lake or uh, Salt Lake in Vegas and be ready to go for Hangtown. They don't want people to know there's anything wrong, you know. Um, that, that's the whole game they're playing. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. But whatever, all the guys do it. Uh, as far as the ACL goes, um, it's, it's more pain. You know, sometimes it's more painful than others. I've done three ACLs, so kind of been through that over and over. You, you, you uh, sometimes it's more painful than other times, depending on how much damage you did. Um, and Ryan's raced with that ACL. He actually won one of his championships riding for Mitch with no ACL. The problem is. When you don't have that ligament, it, it's, that is the ligament that stabilizes your knee and holds it on the little cushions that your femur sits on. So when you don't have that and your 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 leg wobbles, you know you don't have that stability. Your femur bone is is rubbing on those little cushions, and it'll it'll actually when it moves, it'll tear it. It's called your meniscus. And once you start tearing and damaging that meniscus, that's where you get long long term arthritis and and stuff that you can't fix. You know, there's parts of that meniscus that don't get enough blood flow, they just have to remove it. They can't repair it. If you tear it, it's like, oh, well, you jacked that up. We just have to take it out. And now you don't have, you know, any cushion in that spot of your knee. So I, I, I've never thought, you know, I, I wish I could go back and there was a one year, what the first knee I did, I tried riding with it for a while, and it just constantly would pop out and wobble. I'd stick my leg out, come into a turn, and I could see my foot, like, flopping around. I'm like, what am I doing? I just think the best thing you can do with an ACL is go get a fix right now. You know, he'll be – that'll give him plenty of time, if it is the case, plenty of time to be ready for next season and be 100%. We, we or if, he, if he tries to ride now, he could do more damage and then be so far into the summer that even if he gets it done then, it puts him right up against the start of the season next year, and then he's affecting two series. Well, you know? it's sort of like you're, you're – if you do it without, and I know a few, lots of guys who have done it, if you ride without one, without with a torn one, you're sort of rolling the dice. Like you're just—it's not a matter of of if, it's when. So he rides this summer, and everything goes good. Then he goes to Supercross, and then with two rounds left in Supercross, he does it in for good. And now he misses, you know, Supercross title. Let's say he's in the mix of that. He hasn't clinched it this early next year, and he loses the outdoors. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's a matter of, like, you can do it for a long time, but you're rolling the dice. Yeah, and doctors do a great job of fixing it now. You just have to to chalk out four to six months. Yeah. You know? Um, Well, okay, so this this leads to the next question. Cowie needs a fill-in guy, right? I mean, someone you can't replace yeah. Ryan Villapoto, but you can put someone on a bike. So now yeah. that's well, he was out. Remember, in '09 with the same injury. Yeah. And, uh, but now they did. They did bring in Phil. They had quite a few. <laughs> they did. Uh, Brandon Jessman, Ricky Dietrich, Nick Way, Gareth Swanepoel. So I wonder if, if uh, like in this scenario, if they bring up Brock Tickle, because Mitch is already he's got his hands full over there. That would probably help him out. Yeah, maybe. Um, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and there is more of a of a of a good vibe between those two teams now, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who else. I mean, 
Yeah. Who else do you bring in? Well, Ping, um, you got three weeks, bud, to get going. <laughs> so, oh, sir. Um, we talked about how you couldn't maybe cut it in super cost, but surely outdoors. <laughs> I mean, you know, no? Uh, I could probably do one pretty good lap and get myself into the show. Yep. Callie would be stoked on that. Right. You get a lot of press. I brought her in like 36, 38. You get a lot of press. Hangtown. Yeah. I'd like, to see the, I'd like to see them pull a retired rider out every week. Um, you know, Lachine, Ward, you know, try to, Larocco, Kudrowski. Every wow. week, just pulling a different guy. Including guys who actually own or manage other rival teams? That- yes, yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Unadilla would have to be Weinert because he's there anyways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'll be talking the whole time while he's... It would actually save people time. He wouldn't be able to converse during the moto at least. Right, right, exactly. Let me blow your mind right now. Yeah. Josh Hansen. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> um, hey, what about Tedesco? There's a legitimate guy they could bring in. And his super team manager, the guy that's super smart now, uh, said that Ivan's wants to do outdoors. And he there was talk with JGR about, oh. some, outdoors, talk, about some outdoor stuff. Hmm. So who knows? Maybe, maybe. Ivan would at least be, you know, he's a hardworking guy, nice guy. Everybody likes him. Yep. Uh, you know. All right. Um, anyways, uh, let's, let's get back to Seattle here. Um, so, Hey, on short, before we move too far, I, yeah. Mathis, you brought up a pretty good point in, uh, when you were talking to Brooks. Of course I did. Um, I Shorty's did. been kind of known as, a, you know, a guy who, when, when things get messed up just a little bit, it just drives him berserk. And I've heard that him and his trainer, uh, Seiji, have been working some of the stuff they're doing to make him handle things happening out of his control. Like, Seiji goes into his shop and just messes things up, so Shorty comes back and sees a big mess, and he mm-hmm. has to deal with the fact that his shop is a mess. Because <laughs> they feel like whenever anything gets thrown off, it just rocks his world. Uh, and you had mentioned to Brooks that maybe this whole team situation and Shorty being out a few weeks kind of did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wasn't rattled in the race as much, because it's like, hey, stuff's happening. Who cares? I'm just riding. Right. So... Maybe you're right. Maybe that's a factor. I've heard a bunch of people say that's the direction they're trying to get him to go in. Just it's, deal with it, man. It's incredible that, like, something dumb like that would get, you know, like, but some people are just like that. Some people, everybody's wired a little differently, as we all know. And, uh, yeah, I've heard it from about Shorty for a few years now that when, when someone stuffs him early on or someone, he makes a mistake early in a race, he's done. He's done. He, he, he just can't stop thinking about the mistake he made. You know, and and can't work on forgetting it and moving forward. I've heard that for, well, I don't want to give away any names, but uh, you know, there's a certain rider, or number fifteen for years, good, <laughs> one of the top guys in the sport. Um, he he had told me the same thing one time. He's like, you know, if if you if you get and stick stick a wheel on him, he he he, he kind of rattles. He gets rattled. So, who knows? Maybe there's something there. You know, and now and now with this team situation, he's got no choice. He's going to the races rattled, you know. He's already. I'm in a van. I got a different mechanic. Uh, I'm wearing my team manager has a fly racing shirt on. Um, you know, maybe maybe things are weird. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Something let's, to let's, that. let's talk about Supercross.com though. Like, they gotta be kicking themselves. They just missed out on a win. I'm sure. Yeah, worked out off. I'm sure their their, their traffic would have spiked hugely. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was a bizarre... All of a sudden, Supercross.com would have been the site to go to. 
they know how to win supercrosses. So let's go there. Yeah, it would prove their site is better because their rider won a race. It would prove they're better at covering news. And and they are supercross.com, so, and they won a supercross. So, I mean, it's just incredible. But, I mean, when, 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 the, when the sponsorship was announced, I mean, was there enough – was there enough height to have to cover all the eyebrows that were raised by everyone? You know what I mean? Like, did, did, did you guys? My eyebrows were still tired from the when L and M signed San Manuel Band of Mission Indians. My forehead was still recovering from that one. Right, right, exactly. So it was a weird deal, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm surprised it went sideways, but you had to know it was like, what, really, huh? Yeah, really. So. Anyways. Well, when you when you put the when you just do the math, he had to buy the website name for probably a large sum. Then he had to go sponsor this race team for a large sum. Then he had to get the website functional and yeah. you know whatever that costs, staff yeah. it. And then you know you figure how much profit you're going to generate from this website. And I did not get my financial accounting degree, but the little bit of math that I know, in my head, those numbers were not jiving really. So I was kind of thinking, this guy either wants to give money away or this is not going to work. Well, I asked Larry Brooks on the uh, on the Lost Pulp of show last night. Larry called in, and I asked him what happened. And he's like, uh, they stopped paying. And he's like, it's pretty simple. And I'm like, I'm like well, you know, Lots of talk about what, what, and he's like, they just stopped paying. So, um, <laughs> you know, like, it's either A or B. The checks are rolling in or they're not. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Have you guys ever checked out supercross.com? I literally went to that site one time, and I was like, this is terrible. And I clicked, I didn't even read anything. I was like, this just looks awful. Well, I mean, I don't want to make this like another media, people taking shots at other media. We're all in the same boat, but they, didn't look to me like they took advantage of any sort no. of, you know, being with Jeremy McGrath or with Andrew Short and Larry Brooks and all those guys. Like, I was kind of like, nothing had changed, really. I was like, something's not working here. I don't know. If I sponsored a race team, you can be damn sure there'd be a lot of videos, um, you know, Brooks eating breakfast, McGrath golfing. Um, yeah, stuff other guys, stuff other sites couldn't get Yeah, or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. McGrath testing. McGrath pooping. I mean, anything. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, let's move on from there. I, hey, it, I'm impressed. Supercross.com, I'm impressed that uh, it's not the official site of the series. That's supercrossonline.com. And I know that it's probably rubbed the Supercross people, now called Feld, whatever, through the years. Supercross.com has been around a long time. So, mm-hmm. it's been many owners of the series probably wish they could have that website. So, I was impressed, A, that when the team was supercross.com, um, there wasn't any, you know, they just let him be called that. You know, you didn't hear the announcers, like, just saying Shorty's on a Honda. They did reference him as supercross.com. Not only that, but they announced that when they weren't even sponsors of the team anymore. Yes, that's the point I was getting oh, at. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, then, yeah, yeah. They weren't even like, oh, what a relief, we don't have to plug that rival website anymore. Nope, <laughs> they just kept on calling it that at New Orleans. Yes, yep. <laughs> well, who, 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 when you say they, are you talking about Irv? Irv and Lurch. Oh, Lurch even too, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, but then again, Brooks told us that he was called Larry Ward by Irv. So, yeah, yeah, the team owned by Jeremy McGrath and Larry Ward. 
someone I'm too busy, but someone needs to document Irv Braun's mistakes per weekend, per Saturday night, per Saturday. I mean, it's incredible. If if yeah. if the guy, it's an avalanche of errors. If the guy, telling. if the guy running the nuclear rockets buried in the ground made as many mistakes as Irv, we would all be dead. If you took Irv's mistakes and just transfer, if a, if a cop made the mistakes that Irv makes. He'd be shooting everybody. He'd go on a rampage. If a doctor did that, guys would die on the operating table every single day. If a weatherman did that, oh, wait. They do. <laughs> they Never do. Mind. Um, should get a job as a weatherman. That's what we've just come to the conclusion of. I mean, I, and someone, so I'm too busy, but someone needs to go to the races and just write this shit down. When you talk for eight well, hours, I, when you talk for eight hours, you're going to make a mistake. Absolutely, I understand. It's it, none of us are perfect, but with Irv, it has to be ten an hour. Why again? Is that a? Yeah, I'd say I'd say I'm gonna just throw out a guess that I'd say it's an average of twenty five in what is a th- what a three hour show. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, right. I, so we're looking around practice? that ten mark, I ten per hour. How do you guys hear Irv? I, I can't hear the announcer at all. Well, it's if just you're, sort of white noise to me. If you're in the press box, oftentimes it's piped right in to the press box. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Let's move we're way on. off topic here. We are. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's what people like. Hey, if any, we're going to give it away. Our, our buddy Aaron Hansel, who works for us, he suggested somebody start the, much like shit my dad says, um, somebody should just do that with Irv. If somebody wants to pick up that Twitter handle and roll with it, I don't think we're gonna we have the time to do it. So go ahead, guys. Somebody snap that up and do it. Shit, Irv says. Yeah, on Twitter, just give us a live account next race you go to. Uh, hey, is it time? Is it time to for all of us to start talking about Weston Pike as a player in Supercross? <laughs> he got ninth. He got seventh last week. Ninth this week. I mean, he's beating Nick Way, Kyle Chisholm. Uh, Gerke, Bowers, Regal, Grant. I mean, those guys crashed out. Metcalf crashed out. But, I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah, I've talked to him the last couple of weeks after the races, and he says it's his races seem pretty similar. You know, he gets that ninth or tenth and seems pretty solid, mm-hmm. both in build and in riding style. And uh, he said, yeah, that's his point. He, he, he rides to not crash, and he figures every race – couple guys are going to wad it up, and he'll just take those positions. Thank you very much. That's actually his strategy. It's working. Yeah. Good. Well, um, definitely I think that that kind, of, uh, that kind of strategy doesn't get you a lot of, like, attention, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's good. It's smart. It's working. But yeah. he, it's not showing on a lot of uh, flash and dash. And it doesn't get well, you a well, ride either. These, these, yeah, these have, guys that, that are, yeah. that are you know, managing teams are looking for – he would get more play if he could ride like a madman and run third for 16 laps and then crash yeah. rather than getting eighth or ninth every weekend. Yeah, there's a guy named Austin you know? Stroop that, that likes to do that sometimes. Yeah, well, there you go. Izzy, Stroop, those guys, their careers are based on that. <laughs> you know, incredible speed. I mean, Izzy's been the top qualifier a couple times. Like, what? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't even see him in the results here, do I? Have you heard again? Izzy did not make the main. He he was oh, well, battling with Regal and, and did not make the main. But um no, I mean Pike's not gonna get a lot of attention because of that, but he's a great uh, rider. Also he doesn't have an outdoor ride yet. Hmm. Help this guy out, somebody. Him to JGR for the summer I think would be good. 
he's a big dude. Like I think his style would work on that Yamaha. You know, obviously he's riding it well now. Could he help out with the, the, the maybe incorporate some of their football training? Be a perfect fit. <laughs> Show their linebackers how to hit something. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, Chris Bloss made his return. Uh, Watson's team once again sucked balls. Uh, they keep crashing, and they, like he was saying last night, he's just like, no matter who comes on the team, just something goes wrong, and they're 16th and 17th, and. 18th and 19th, they, he, he, you know, Josh Grant crashed out, Villapoto crashed out, Metcalf crashed out, and, and Watson said we were last and second last. So, I mean, you know, it's nothing to do with Kenny or the team. It's just, it's just not working out. And then I proceeded to ask him, well, are any of your sponsors pissed about results? And he said, no, absolutely not. We don't sell any of our sponsors on results. <laughs> and I just found that very bizarre. But Well, to that end, um, I was told that uh... – he had a new, I think it was from Dodge, a new a new uh, girl from Dodge was in there checking out things this, week, this weekend. Yep, yep. And um, supposedly she left after opening ceremonies because after seeing the pits and opening ceremonies, she had seen all that she was there to see. Yeah. Racing was not even, we're right. not even worried about that. Right. And she had an encounter with Moser, Shorty's super fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which also didn't go well. Welcome right. to Supercross. Got some fan rubbing in, yelling obscenities. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's There's also a rumor that the JGR NASCAR team was going to Dodge. I think Dodge was wooing them, um, and it's not true. Uh, I think the NASCAR team has already put out a deal that they're about to sign an extension with Toyota, but I think it got some people freaked out. And then Coy said that he was going to text that to Kenny and say, hey, we're going to negotiate with Dodge with the NASCAR team. Be a perfect fit for us. Right. Just to, just to freak him out. So watch uh, for that. Yeah, watch, look for that coming out soon. His team's having a rough year. There's no doubt. Bowers is going to ride uh, the last two as long with Regal, so – um, hopefully they can get better, but it's not, it's not going well over there. How about Team Ty Loop? 10th, 13th, and 14th. Three guys in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Motorsport.com. Foremost insurance, Ty Loop. No, it's good. Uh, yeah. And I got to think, and I got to think if you're Brett Metcalf, you're just, you're just kicking yourself, man. You know, crushed headpipe this week uh, in a collision with Regal on the first lap. And then last week, uh, didn't like just, he's, he, he, one of the questions we had from a listener last night on the show was, can he podium? And he can, but he's got he's just missing his opportunities. I really feel like he could be right in there. Yeah. Yeah, if Weimer and, and Brayton are there, right. I mean, he's at their level. Right. They've collected a bunch now. Yeah. Weimer had a good race. He, he, he's got a history, though, of being just very quiet in Supercross and then really picking it up in the summer. Um, I think he's just more of an outdoor guy. And I, I think you're going to see him on the box this summer, for yeah, sure. Right. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for BTOsports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free, or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, 
The racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. 250s? You guys want to move on to 250s or anything else? Well, what happened to Josh Grant? I was expecting him to be... Yeah, crash first lap. Maybe a little extra something. Yeah. Crash first lap, but he was he was in the middle of the pack to the back anyways. It wasn't like going to be a great start. Uh, I looked up and there was just carnage. Canari, Grant, and I think one other person was down. And Grant's bike broke a throttle housing or something. So. Mm -hmm. well, the track, by the way... Um, and this isn't taking anything away from Shorty. I mean, everyone knew going into the main event that you had to get the lead. It made a huge difference, and he did it. Everybody else wanted it. He did it, so credit to him for getting it. But the track did not lend itself. I know every track you need a good start, blah, blah, blah. But Keys to the race. This one Keys to the race. Exceptionally. Yeah, get a good start, don't crash. I got gotcha. you. Key to the race. Um, but I think this track was exceptionally difficult um, to move. It was the three consecutive corners. I think they were just inside, inside, inside. The berms yeah. didn't work. Yep. Uh, that doesn't work. Um, yeah, the berms didn't work because they, they were flat. They yeah, were, yeah. Were, anyone's an outside of stadium, of course, they don't build up any longer. So, right. Um, if you're Grant, you're starting back there. Your race is pretty much done as far as trying to get another podium. There's no way. No one came through like that all night except for one 250 rider, who I'm sure we'll be talking about momentarily. Do you think? Uh, do you think all the guys are going to get together one day and just beat Matt Gerke down? Or maybe that's what happened, and that's why he has those bruises. Because Matt Gerke going into the stands at Indy. One of my biggest regrets of my life, by the way, did not see that. Was Me not, neither, man. Was not there. Uh, Matt Gerke going into the stands, you could make a case, has affected Supercross racing the last three, four years. Because there That's were, a lot, Matt Gerke. There were outside berms that were so flat, nobody even dared go out there. Um, you know, so, I don't know. No? Yeah. Okay. Well... The problem is you make a 90-degree turn or, or, or less, you, you don't need to go wide anyway. I, I mean, the only way, if they're going to make these turns flat on the outside, they have to be 180s, and there has to be something coming out of that next turn that you can't do from the inside to give people a reason to go wide. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it's tricky. Those guys, those, their work has got to put some thought into it now. If that's how they're building them. I feel you know, like to try to create lines is tough. I feel like these guys, the track designers, never ever reward someone for going outside. They don't build a half jump. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, they don't do any of that. They don't ever reward a different line selection. Maybe I'm wrong, but let's never see it. I think it's easier said than done because I believe you know if they build one of those half jumps, the riders quickly figure out one line is a tenth faster than the other, and that's all the difference. I mean to. It sounds good to say, just build two lines that are identical speed so you can try them both, but it never. Well, it's yeah. Just, I don't know if it's scientifically possible to actually build two lines that are within the thousandth of a second. Yeah, and sometimes if but they, That's what I'm saying. You, you have to have – it has to be either a set of whoops right out of the turn or a, a, a jump option out of the turn where if you go inside, you can't do it. Or if you go inside, you have no speed for the whoops. That way, it forces you wide to be 
able to get through the next section, and forcing you wide means if there's a guy behind you, you're about to get punted. And, you know, I, it sucks if you're the guy in front, but that creates passes and racing. I will say that I've seen a few times where there's some different options and rhythms, and everybody, like Wygant just said, they will go inside, then they will drift to the outside lane, because you know what I mean, and, and do the rhythm that way. Like, they will use the smartest way around the track every single time. Um, if, it, if, it takes, if it takes missing an inside bump and then <coughs> drifting to the outside, they'll do that. It's, it's uncanny the way that works. It is tough. You're right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, it sounds easy, but it's hard to do. I'm sure they try. Let's go to the 250F, 250 class. Uh, um, did you guys, by the way, you guys follow me on Twitter? You both do. Yes. Do you happen to see my Supercross class rant on Sunday night? Any any? No. Aaron, yeah. Aaron Bates is interviewing Ken Roxon, and she goes, she's like, you know, here we are at the Seattle Supercross. Ken Roxon, his first Supercross race of the year. And I'm just like. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that. The class names are so dumb. I can't get over how these class names are just ridiculous. I mean, you can't race the Supercross class at the Supercross. I mean, that is so ridiculous. And the lights name, whatever. Okay, fine. I can, do, I can deal with that. Why don't they just go to 250 and 450? Let's just, like, you know, and then we have outdoors that are a different class name than our indoor series. And, I mean, just think about how dumb the name Supercross class is at the Supercross. What are we calling them at the Nationals now? We call it 450. Way to pay attention. <laughs> well, it's no, it's like it keeps, no, it's, it keeps changing no, out. It hasn't changed around. MX1 and MX2. It's like. Well, it's never, that's in Europe. That's what they do in Europe. SX1 and SX2. I know, but it's like right. the one good thing we could take from them over there. Well, I, I'm with you. I'll, I'll do that, or I'll do, or I'll do 250, 450. I'll do that. I won't do Supercross class. That's Steve Whitelock's idea, and that man was an idiot. And we should, whatever he came up with, we should immediately abolish. I agree. Hey, I, I'm going to the Supercross. All right, great. I'm going to go watch Supercross at the Supercross. What, huh? You know, the Supercross class. No, I thought you were going to a Supercross. No, I am going to the Supercross class, but I'm also interested in watching a Supercross class. At the Supercross? Yeah. Can you see where this goes? Like, how dumb we look? You know, he got the idea from the AMA Road Racing, which had the – it was called the AMA Superbike Series, the premier class called AMA Superbike. That's fine. That's so not even like, the same. Hey, that's working out great. Let's use that. That's that, actually where that idea came from. That's actually different, and I'm okay with Superbike. That means just the ultimate, the ultimate bike. Right. It wasn't called Superbike. It's called road racing. It's not like, hey, let's go check out the Superbike races. It's road racing. That's what, it's, that's what it is. Right. The series was called Superbike, but you're right. Nobody actually referred to it as the AMA Superbike series. They just called it AMA road racing. So it sounded like the class was different from the series, but technically the series was called it Superbike was? and okay, the class well, called Superbike. My, yeah, my bad. Because they followed I, that model. They're I, like, this is working out great. The Superbike series top class is called Superbike. I didn't realize Supercross that. Series, top, yeah, but I've it was been, just as dumb, but I think luckily people just called it road racing anyway. I've been to how, two how healthy is that series, by the way? Well, that's Going exactly on. what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, it's not. It's dying life support. If there's something you don't want to follow, it's road racing. I've been to three or four of them. Nobody goes. Nobody cares. And that series is dying, and that's the last thing we should do is follow anything that those idiots are doing, because that's not working out. So well, we don't need to call them idiots, but well, I'm just saying. Not. And then 
I'm just thriving. I, I, I'm mad. When DMG came in, they changed. They used to be Superbike and Supersport. Now I believe it's called Daytona Sport Bike. The name of the class is Daytona Sport Bike, whether they're racing in Daytona or not. Ah, <laughs> oh, stupidity. It just keeps getting ratcheted up. I mean, I just... <laughs> Calling the class the Anaheim Lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, what do you race? I race St. Louis 450s. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, uh... It's... It's incredible to, incredible to me that you that you, they they think that Supercross class name is good. I, it's just it's mind mind blowing. Hey, the LA Dodgers are in the baseball division in the National <laughs> Baseball League. They're they're leading the baseball division. Did you, did you realize that they play in the baseball division? Well, what are the what are the Toronto Blue Jays playing? Well, not baseball division. They play in the uh, I don't know lights division, huh? Like. This, it's the, All right, it's it's stupid. We get it. Okay. It is it is stupid. I don't think there are many people on this planet that would disagree with you. I don't think there's many people out there going, you know what? Screw Steve. Supercross is a great name. Well, then how come the bosses don't see that? How does how do how do sane human beings who run a multi-million dollar corporation and make really big decisions and and really important rules and and how do they not seeing this and us three idiots do? I don't know. Okay. Do you want to field that one? <laughs> no one's got anything. All right, listen. No. Let's go to the let's go to the 250 class. Um, Ryan Sipes won, and good for him. He's had a he's had a he's had a bad year, and uh, you know even he got hurt. But even before he got hurt, he wasn't you know he missed the main in Phoenix, and it kind of hasn't been his year. I, I just think Ryan. I think Ryan should be a 450 guy full time. I think he's ready. He's older. He's done it. Um, he's going to start getting that Davalos reputation soon. And we don't want that. Um, what do you guys think? Should Sipes move up? Is it, is it time? Yes, absolutely. He's he's already proved he can and ride a 450. I mean, he's had great rides outdoors on him. Yeah, he's won enough lights races now. It's like, I, and I know it's he's probably just a victim of his own opportunity. If wow. the guy doesn't offer him a, a 450 ride, a young do, but. a young David Pingree probably was in that shoes. I sure was. I sure I would have loved a shot at the 250 class back then, but I just didn't have it. So, right. but I got to think as, as well as he's done outdoors. I, he wrote for um, was it Moto Concept. Moto Concept. He wrote for a, yep. Moto Concept. And he did great. He had like solid top ten rides, top five rides. I even want to say. I think he ended up a series in eighth overall that year. Yeah, so he definitely has some top. He, he, I remember he and Townley battling that year in in 2010. So, you know, they were near the front and. Of course, me, if it, it was Ben like Townley. If he pursued it, he I mean, could find himself a good 450 ride, and, and I think that's what it would help him. I agree with you. If it was Ben Townley, it had to be near the front. I mean, without a doubt. Well, obviously, Townley is at the front. Right. Um, what, what he is going to ride for for the outdoors, Wygant uh, found that out, and I think that's 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 a sleeper pick. So he, he, that's a good move, I think. And, and it was good to see Ryan win, no doubt, but it's just not going to happen for him as far as a championship, you know? Um, it's just I think his time has passed in that class. He needs to needs to move up, and uh, you know, like you said, though it's tough. Maybe he doesn't have the op- the offers to make the money that he that he can. Um, uh, Marvin Musquin got second in a great ride. Uh, Marvin rode great. He uh, he came from the back to get second, and yeah, he got a little bit of help with Wilson and Tomac. Uh, Tomac's clutch slipping and, and and Wilson going down via the contact, but um, 
Yeah, Marvin rode great. Why again? You crowned him outstanding performance uh, of the weekend, even though you know a twenty-seven-year-old sort of uh, guy out of sprinter van won the big class. But yeah, good job. Not the not the point of the not the point of the article. Not the point. It's not the point of the article. We have eight articles on Monday. We don't want to have six about one guy. So we um, figure out different ways to give different people. There wouldn't be six. There would be a Monday conversation and then an outstanding performance. That's all. Well, still, you know, we're trying to mix it up. So, you know, last week it was Josh Grant. Had a great race, got second, you well, know. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great bit. But what you're saying, Athens, is you would like there to be a Monday conversation with Shorty. You want 450 words to be about Shorty. Outstanding performance about Shorty. We talk about Shorty in Racerhead. We talk about him on this. I mean, this is yeah. He's going to mention in observations. He's going to get mentioned in read. Like in the end, by the end of the, I'm looking at the schedule we're going to have all week, and you're going to end up with it's a difference between 13 Andrew Short stories and 12. Well, so I don't I think like really people hate head. Andrew Short because it's I, reading about. Him. I wrote 450 words, and it was not about Andrew Short. So, well, that's it. on you, man. You blew it. Suck it, both. You of had you. your chance. I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how an outstanding performance can't go to a guy who won his first career Supercross in a great ride with trying circumstances. Uh, with this team just coming back from injury, and he won this, and he won the Supercross class at the Supercross, <laughs> and, and versus versus a guy who got second in a lesser wow. division. I mean, I just don't get because it. if we make the if we make the outstanding performance the guy who won the race every week, it doesn't no then, no no it doesn't happen right. No, but not then at if all. we don't, then if we don't, then then I'm going to have Williamson and Villapoto and everybody at Kawasaki being like, hey, we won five in a row. Why didn't we ever get it? And Short wins one, and he gets it. Well, well it's because we don't give it to the guy that won the race. We, so you're, you're dealing with Williamson and Villapoto. That's, that's why you do this. You, you get pressure. Well, I'm just saying the only way to make it fair, if, you make, if winning the Supercross class once gives someone the award, then by that standard, the guy who wins the Supercross class every week should get the award, which means what's the point of even having it? No, you just make it the outstanding performance. That's it. Doesn't matter if they win, great. If they don't, great. If they get twentieth, great. Whatever, just outstanding performance. No clue why you wouldn't think Andrew Short would be outstanding performer of the of the weekend. Incredible. Moving on. I'm I'm mad. I'm not going to talk for a little bit. Ah, oh, jeez. All right, we man, great job though. Yeah, I mean, so good job for Marvin right? Muskin. Yeah, that's why he deserved his props. There's no other place that we could give Marvin Muskin the proper, um, you know, reward or exposure or let's tell his story. I know that at the end of the weekend everybody's talking about Sipson short and they're going to get their love and attention, but he was fastest in both practices. He won his heat race. He was probably the only rider all night that came from behind in any of the races. He got second. It was a good ride. We could just relegate it to you'll see his name in the results. Or give him something else. Um, I think he deserved it. And I have to say, I that, think he deserved it. Good job, Weech. There we go, man. Who needs the other guy? Um, yep. I, plus, I think it was a lot better performance from him that we. He rode pretty well at the other West races, but this was uh, a step above that. A couple guys though said that the track. I don't know. Cole Sealy said the track was more like what he'd be used to. Uh, Muskin. I'm not sure what that's based on. Is it like racing at Lommel? I don't. <laughs> right, was it I'm uh, back. I'm back. was it tight and tacky? I mean, those are Euro tracks are typically like that. Hey, Mathis, when Sealy said that the track was probably more like Muskin was used to, what uh, was that I, based on? I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. I, I I don't know why he said that, and I probably should have said, "What do you mean?" But I think I, I, think I was in shock. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um, 
Okay, Dean Wilson, Eli Tomac. Um, Wilson was not happy after the race. Said that uh, Tomac was dive bombing him. Said that he should, and at the least, he should have came over and uh, apologized and seen how Dean was doing. Tomac said, "Hey, if the guy wants to play it like that, I thought, okay, cool. So I'm going to play it like that." Now we all like Dean Wilson. Uh, I think the highly of him. I, I don't know how much, well you know him, uh, Ping, um, but he's a great guy, great rider. But I got to think he's in the wrong here. I, I think what Tomac did was fine. What are your thought? What are your thoughts, Ping? Uh, you, you know, you've yeah, been there. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. I, I watched it several times, and um, he he escalated it. You know, I, I don't I don't know what. Maybe Eli would have gotten that aggressive on his own, but at least to that point, he hadn't and hadn't until Wilson gave him a little shove, and then it's like, you got to expect that to come back, right? At this point in the series, they're two points apart. There's two rounds left after that night. It's down to it, you know? It's kind of like short of a T-bone. Anything goes here at this point. And especially when you've just given a guy that, you got to expect, you've got to be watching behind you. I mean, you just have to. And I don't think what Eli did, I mean, it was it was contact for sure, but I don't think it was like, Right. Cheap shot, dirty. Not at all. Right. It was, you know, it was aggressive racing for points. I, I like Dean a lot. He's, he is. He's a really, really nice kid. But I think more than anything, uh, he said he was mad. I think he's just mad that it, what happened happened. He's just mad that he lost, you know, how many points. Yeah, I mean, it, so. it, you know, the immediate reaction is anger, and of course it was, and, and, um, and all that. But, um, uh, what do you think, Wygant? Uh, any any different feelings? I mean, everybody that I spoke to about it, even people who are in Wilson's camp, didn't you know? Sort of went, huh? Well, uh, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I, don't, I can't see how anyone could could possibly say that Tomac was out of line. In fact, before the pass came, once Tomac went off the track and was got back on pretty close, um, everybody watching that race is like. Uh, Wilson's going to get it at some point. You just <laughs> right. know that's how it works. Right. You just knew it was coming. Right. So that's just the rules of the road. I think I said, I've got arm pump for him, knowing that Tomac's right behind me, and I'm going to get hit. Yeah. Um, but I think in Dean's defense, once again, these guys are young guys, and it's really the f- – I know he won a title last year, but it never turned into a situation like this. So it's really the first time that any of these guys ever dealt with it. So they're talking to the press, you know, 45 minutes after it happens. His shoulder hurts. Um, he's feeling like a title may have slipped away from him. You know, he, I, I bet even if we talk to him next weekend, he might not have the same exact take on it. So I don't want to hold his words against him so much because I think it's one of those deals yeah. where, yeah. you know, heat of the moment, his shoulder hurts. He just saw it points like slip away. I can't imagine he's going to say he was pumped. So I'll give him a mulligan on that one. Yeah, for sure. No, it happens and, and, and all that. I think what lost in this, contact or no contact, what's lost in this is Tomac caught and passed Wilson twice. From seconds, from from you know a little bit of a gap. Yeah, he did, and and it looked like once he got to him, like he was just he had a couple of spots where he was closing yeah. in on him. You yeah, know, but, it wasn't like he had yeah, but, to go but, for that dive bomb pass. Guys, this this shouldn't have come as a shock. I mean, look at eliminate San Diego and look at every other round. Eli was the fastest guy, hands down, on the track. Right. Well, yes, and, yes, and no. He was the fastest guy, but Dean, Dean and I were talking at a. Um, Maybe one of the 450 races that he went to. I think he went to a couple to hang out. And he listed. Yeah. He went to a Supercross to watch Supercross. Okay. In the Supercross class. He, he, and he, and he, and he, like, listen, and he broke this, he broke it down to me, the races. And of course, you know, he's the racer, so he's obviously biased, but 
I started thinking to myself, wow, he's right. He was like, hey, man, I was faster than him here, but this happened, and then this happened in that race, and that happened in this race. He's like, no, I'm not making excuses, Mathis, but he's like, I've had weird stuff go on with me in every race. And, and he, I mean, obviously I was sitting in front of him, but he kind of made me a believer, like, where I'm like, ah, oh, he's had some bad luck. Of course, it's coming from that racer's side, so they're biased. But I will say, Dean sold me a little bit. I'm in your camp, Ping, where I'm like, Eli Tomek's fastest guy. He's been the fastest guy in other incident. But, I mean, Dino, we really bonded over his accidents and his mistakes. Well, he, he might have had a couple of weird things, but, like, the opener where Eli caught him, made a pass on him, and he storked out and shot off the track. I yeah, mean, right. that's not a freak accident. That's a mistake because someone just blew by you that right. you thought you could beat. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just saying you you, you look at you look back at each race and watch it right. and stop before you get to San Diego's main event and you're going yeah okay. Tomac's like right. he's the guy no um, question. So actually, I think Wilson got a little lucky because he's only four back now. It could have been a whole lot worse if his shoulder was bugging him and and all that. And and I guess Tomac though he got passed by Musquin and probably had his shifter been normal and his clutch not burnt, probably would have took it on for seconds. So both guys paid the price for their uh, wham-bam racing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Tom had said, he would, have, he would have looked really bad if he caused his own DNF by running into another rider. Right. You know, if I, the contact that bent his shifter was from him running into Wilson, he would have looked really stupid if that cost him. Can I just say that three out of the top five guys recently raced on the, West, on the East Coast in the big bike class, in the 450 class? Can I just say that? I'm a believer that that helps. Um, what do you think, Pink? What are you talking about? Four out of five. Seeley, Han, T- uh, oh, no, Eli didn't. You're right. Yeah, no, Eli sorry. didn't. No, he's supposed yeah. to, but uh, Musquin, Seeley, yeah. and Han. So yeah. is there anything to that, Ping? I'm a big believer in that, as Wygant knows. Yeah. I, ran, I ran about it all the time. but No, absolutely. You, you just you stay in that groove of racing, and you know I think that's why Dungey's even out there riding right now. I, I don't think he's got anything to prove at the last three rounds of Supercross, but right. He wants to go to Hangtown with, you know, yeah. kind of in the flow of racing and having some starts under his belt. Mm-hmm. So, um, is this? Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a little battle in here too that I don't know if a lot of people pick up. Not like they they're buddies, obviously, but Seely and Han, who were who were teammates at one point at TLD, mm-hmm. you know, Will moved on and was sort of um, at the time like a year ahead of Cole. You know, he was. He had a really good year in 2010, but then has had so many injuries. Now those two uh, kind of have their own little battle. I don't know if anybody else caught that or not, but yeah, well, yeah, another interesting thing where those two have ended up. Um, yeah, knowing where they were a couple of years ago. Well, now I mean, Sealy's locked in, but you could make a case that they could flip, and Han needs to go to a TLD, and Sealy needs to get the call up. Although I know Charlie doesn't look at it like that way. Ping, they look at themselves as equal as Geico, but. Um, you know what I mean? Um, interesting. How that yeah, works. I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, equipment-wise, there. I, I mean, I'm telling you, there's not a difference. But Geico does probably have more funds. They give you the op- option to ride the East, like if what happens to Will, mm-hmm. you know, this year. Right. Um, with Sealy, he would have just had to sit out. I mean, with it, you know, TLD doesn't do East, but. Um, yeah, interesting. Anyway, it's it's a bummer for Will who's had so many injuries because he seemed like he was right on the cusp of mm. being a championship player yeah. last year and this year, right. and just and he can't get a break. Uh, uh, Wygant, do you want to ask Ping about what we were talking about yesterday? 
about one of the guys. Yeah, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I don't think I don't. It's the lights class, so I don't think people focus on things quite as intently. But um, if we're talking about top teams here, teams that have proven they can win races, uh, you know everyone on Pro Circuit is expected to win and usually does. Geico team, you know, they usually have two riders on each coast. Those guys are usually all winning races or all up there. Troy Lee has two riders. One, Cole Seeley, who has won races and is consistently in the hunt. The other rider, in two years on the team, we have not seen, like, even a hint that the guy is going to be a player. Uh, no one really brings that up because it's a lights class, and I don't think they have quite as much focus on it. But, I mean, that's a good ride. There's got to be some pressure there on Travis Baker. I mean, his teammate Seeley is way ahead of him. Yeah, but you know what's crazy? If you go out and watch practice, like Travis is, I mean, he is not far off of Cole. They're very, very close. He, he seems like he practices really well and gets to the race. I don't know if it's the pressure or whatever, but he's he's actually never, his best race was in San Diego in 09. Or no, 2010. It was his rookie year. Yeah. And he's never bettered that finish, you know, even with two years on TLD and it's certainly, I know for him, he's disappointed. I think the team is a little frustrated because they, um, they had, you know, high hopes for him. But well, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. You, know, you get a couple years, and if you can't make it happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, awesome, anal- do? awesome analysis right there. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I know. I got you. No, you're right. You're laying it out there. Um, right now, I don't think there's any way that he's going back to that team, right? I mean, his contract's up this year. So, I mean, if you had to bet, unless he turns it on outdoors. I, I, had to, I would have to speculate not, unless he absolutely catches fire this summer, yeah. So. Uh, do we want to talk about Kyle Beaton now or later? <laughs> is later meaning when the podcast is over? Or? <laughs> no, I know. I'm just – Let's talk about the 12th place, Kyle Beaton, um, Pride of Canada. Billy Lenovich, 8th place, good for Billy. I've been meaning to do a podcast with him, like um, a full-length one, where we talk about his midlife crisis at 21 years old. Um, <laughs> just haven't, haven't got to that yet, but he rode good. Jason Anderson rode well. Um, hey, if Billy would open up and give you the honest poop, it's a story. It's, you know? it's, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he would or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. know. I know some stuff, but I don't know, you know a lot of stuff. Um, hey, guys, by the way, um, we're almost done this podcast. I should have done this much earlier. But did you guys know that BTOsports.com uh, has a new JGR Team Spec FMF Factory Tie 4.1 exhaust for sale? It's the exact same exhaust that, the B- that they use on the BBMX team and the JGR team. They only make two models, YZ450F, Suzuki, RMZ450, and uh, it's got a carbon fiber canister tip, different labeling, and, and different, a little bit more horsepower, a little bit. Uh, different specs, exactly the same as what these teams are running for your bikes. Did you know that? They're sold through BTO. I did not. They're sold through BTOsports.com. Wow. Yeah. So, just want to check that. You guys should check that out. Uh, well, that'll lead to the credibility to the guy in Vital who said, if Stewart wants to ride a Suzuki, they already have a JJR Suzuki. Just put them on the BTO Butler Brothers team. There we Be go. Perfect. Move them on over. Yeah. Solve the problem. <laughs> Easy peasy. And Stewart, of course, uh, Wygant was the talk of the pits this weekend. Moto Concepts, uh, Yamaha put the number seven. Ping, did you see that? You, did, did, can you comment yeah, on that? Yeah, I did. What was that all about? They, they actually, and I didn't understand, I didn't know this, Wygant, but um, I thought it was just some cheesy number seven. 
Like, I didn't look at the photos that much. Ha, ha, ha. I saw the photos. It even had blue on it. No, no. They, they made a background to the same bike. as it was, it was a Honda, and they put number seven on the bike, and Coy Gibbs was not happy. Mike Genova was on our Pulp MX show last night. That's forever lost, I think. He said that, uh, you know what, they were talking to the 800 when, when, when they had the 800, when, when Mike had the Moto 800 under contract. And so he was a little bit giving it back to him. That's all. And he thought it was good. He got thought it was funny, and it got his team some attention. Um, but they went to a lot of work for those backgrounds. I didn't realize that. Uh, fit the same, blue, everything on it. So, uh, again, anything there? Uh, anything to Coy Gibbs' hard feelings or Mike Genova saying, you know, they went after 800, so I thought I'd give it back to him a little bit? I mean, is uh, yeah. Just... I mean, I heard all the same stuff. I think that pretty much, yeah, pretty much wraps it, it up. What's, uh, what's your yeah, opinion of it? Because J Bone did, J Bone did go over there to make sure, you know, it wasn't a, you know, was this a complete misunderstanding? Is it have nothing to do with Stewart whatsoever? And no, they pretty much said no. It gets his attention. I think Tony Alessi actually came over and said, "This is a pretty smart idea." See all the attention we're getting, and then <laughs> I think J Bone wanted to bring up, yeah, but you already signed, and then right. you still came over to ride our bike, which. So whose fault is that, really? Oh, I don't even know. What, what's but, your opinion on it, Wygant? I mean, is it does it oh, does it matter? No, actually, I I don't have I don't have any problem with it. I mean, it does get them attention, and there's nothing in the rule, nothing in the rule book that says you can't park a bike under a tent with a number on it, right? Right, right. And 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 we know when it comes to James Stewart that if he was going to sign not with UFO plastic or gear, but actually race on an unidentified flying object this summer, <laughs> fans would believe it. <laughs> Right. You right. might as well go for it. Right, right. Well, Mike had said There's he's... definitely people that left that building thinking that Stewart switching to Moto Concepts. Definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was. Ping, Ping, what are your thoughts on it? Whatever. I, I think it's just, like, right. nonsense, but whatever. Do we, do... I don't think it's worth this much time already. Okay. Please tell me, someone please tell me that Martin Davalos had a physical problem or a bike problem last night or in Seattle. Please tell me. Because that might have been one of the worst Martin Davalos rides. We should just say, hey, but, that guy Martin Davalos, he should just be a, a name now. For him, it's actually. Yeah, I was hoping he had a like, broken leg or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. I mean, I know I've been hard on him. But come on. 14th for a guy with that much talent is not what? really acceptable on a bike that good. Yeah, but he started like third. Yeah. Of course. It was right in there. Well, I don't care where you started. 14th for Martin Davalos is not acceptable. I hope something was wrong with him. So I'm not. I I I, te- I sent some texts out yesterday. Never heard back because I did want to find out because I had to find out, but I never heard back really. So what happened to Matt Moss? I thought maybe uh, you know he he was off of his first podium when yeah. we went to the break. Crashed. Yeah, had a crash. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, he could be a player. Yep. Big shout out to Miles Tedder. Made his first main event. Well, tether, who, team Tether Racing. Who's the other Tether that made his first main event then? Dakota. Dakota. Oh, shit. East Dakota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so both Tethers have made their first career main events. Yep. Ping, we're yeah, still brought her in at a solid 20s. Ping, we're still waiting for that Tether story, by the way. Yeah, I know. Well, um, yep, we are. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> now, now what are you going to do? You should you should have had that on the back of your pants when you raced. What are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, like Wardy had a tack on the back of his pants, which I always thought was weird because the guy following him was like, "Oh shit, I got to attack." Attack him? Okay. All right, I got to attack him. You know, you could add. What are you gonna do? 
Yeah, what do you end up? Attack his ass, too. Attack, right here. Attack that ass. Um, attack the ass. Hey. <laughs> I don't. He, he also wore those pants when he went clubbing. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, we all know, Wardy did a lot of clubbing. Yeah, big, big clubbing guy. Uh, it might have been one of those days he was clubbing and riding 93 days straight at whatever Wygat claimed. That he said he did. Did you hear that he story? He told me 95. He did once you, rode 95 straight. Did you hear that story, Ping? Yeah, I, I don't doubt it at all. He, he would catch different flights so he could ride. 95. Yeah, he eventually, st- to keep the streak alive, he was trying to figure out, like, to fly to the East Coast, like, how late could he fly out so he could ride. He'd ride for 10 minutes in the morning just to keep the streak alive. Yeah. 95 days. Well, there, there's guys that get weird like that. You know who else was like that was uh, uh, Jimmy Gaddis. He had to ride every day. If he took a day off the bike, it ruined him. He had to ride every single day. Wow, things you didn't know about Jimmy Gaddis. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know who Bo Hudson or Eric Musling is. Uh, Eric Musling, I... doesn't he make a cereal? Musinix? Oh, Muselix? Oh, that's Muselix. Yeah. Musily. <laughs> Bo Hudson, is a, he's a, a rookie kid from, I think, Texas, right? I don't know, with a name like Bo, uh, probably. Bo he's dating, uh, I know he's dating uh, uh, Christian Craig's sister. That's how I know him. I've seen him at the track a bunch. <laughs> that's it. Sorry, this is just how I know him. He's, he's around, but he's with Craig. Uh, anyway, Christian good for Craig. him, 16th. Yeah, 16th. Christian Craig riding 450 Outdoors? Is that the deal? Yeah. 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 He's just, I think he's just about to get back on the bike or something. He's still waiting on that wrist to heal, so. Wow. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah, bummer for that dude for sure. I know, talented kid. He he could he's fast. He just needs to stay in one piece. Well, again, I think today's uh, lesson on the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast is: What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right, guys. What are you gonna do? Thanks. See you. <laughs> See you next week, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.